Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 20 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I'm your host, Andrea Mengucci from Italy, and joining me we have Javier Dominguez from Spain. Hello everyone. And Anthony Lee from Australia. Hola. Carnies, how have you been? What did uh, what did you do this weekend? Javier, did you did you do well in any of the showcase that happened over the weekend? I don't think so. I actually think I did particularly bad. Uh, yeah, I just got destroyed in... It was Modern Pioneer. Yeah, I, it didn't go very well. Uh, I played also a lot of challenges, but I never... I think I went like a deep run on the Legacy one. Obviously, again, playing against a bunch of initiative decks because that's Legacy now, but I still played it. Uh, but the rest, I just lost. Like I played Vintage, played Pioneer, played Modern, and just kept losing. But will, yeah, we will take. I want to say something, but I got I I got impressed by one deck, um, a modern, and we will talk about that one later. For sure, I also joined your streak of losses uh, this weekend on Sunday. I actually decided uh, to play some Magic Online me as well. I played the Pioneer Showcase with Incarnation. I went uh, zero one drop, nice. and uh, I follow it with the Legacy Challenge with Mono White, and I went zero two drop. So. Definitely a losing uh, a losing weekend for the card. It happens to all of us, though. It's good. It's good. We also talk about this, like you know, when, yeah, yeah, all, sure. yeah, Because Anthony wins a PTQ every weekend, but the rest of us we actually <laughs> lose a lot. Like it's very common that we go zero two. So yeah, I mean, if you ever you know you're like three weeks in a row always zero twoing all the tournaments, that's us also sometimes. Not Anthony though. What did you do, Anthony, this weekend? Well, I actually got as many wins as you guys, but that's probably because I didn't play any tournaments. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also my strategy that's also my strategy to avoid losses <laughs> did you go to any any cool place anthony did you go to sydney or did you see any kangaroos or whatever well uh, no i don't think so though if you're talking about cool places that would not include sydney and i also didn't see any kangaroos wow it really sounds like absolutely nothing happened for me this weekend so, okay it's true though <laughs> it was an absolute void okay <laughs> All right. This weekend, though, uh, next sorry, next episode, I will uh, definitely have some some cool talk because this weekend I'm going to Trieste for the uh, Legacy European Tour. So there's going to be a, a big event in in Modern. I also play a big popper event. So lots of lots of cool paper play for me this weekend. Popper paper. I look forward to it. Yeah, let, let, right. us know, let us know next next week. You know what, um, how it goes, and also you know the mango cuisine pictures. I'm looking. I'm not, whenever you go to tournaments, I'm always looking forward for those. Oh, for sure. I already uh, asked uh, to all the locals uh, the best restaurants. I booked uh, restaurants on Friday and Saturday, so I'm covered on that so one. What are you gonna eat? Wow. You know already which kind of uh, food. Uh, one is like a classic trattoria, so I'm expecting to eat some like first and second course you know the classic uh, italian uh, experience yep. and uh, the second one is going to be a uh, meat thing called braceria and uh, so i'm expecting to see some very tasty meat nice nice all right uh, but yeah let's talk about the magic that happened over the over the weekend unlike the carnies some people actually managed to win some matches uh, in the showcase uh, that happened to be Cascade decks, who finished first and second. Uh, oh. Talisker, uh, yeah, Talisker, my uh, my former teammate at the uh, Open Teams, also uh, happened to won happened to win uh, split the final with uh, Crushing Footfalls, and uh, the other finalist is a um, Magic Online grinder, Meninone, who always plays Living End and got to run as deep as uh, as the final. 
very very cool to see uh, Meninone uh, like uh, matchups. He played against five Blue Red Merktide and dropped one game in total. He's slimming in ahead of Mortide? Like it's something normal or just like he just destroyed him because he's very good at playing the form the, the, the matchup? Do you know this? So, the thing is that you have Flusterstorm, you have Spell Pierce, and of course, like you have Pressure, you have Ragavan, which is unlike against Rhinos, where Ragavan kind of sucks. It's excellent against the Living End. I would say that what I played Living End. I played, made a couple of leagues with Living End. Uh, the biggest challenge with this deck is actually to sideboard and balance the amount of uh, answers. So, like you know, Force of Negation, Grief, Mystical Dispute, or like even Endurance, I guess with the number of like threats and cascade and things like that maninone i think must have i think find found the perfect uh, configuration because you know it's it's really difficult to be able to get like a lethal leaving end while also guaranteed to have enough counters for your opponent counter spells and things like that i would say overall the matchup still favors murktide but you know i mean he went like 10-1 in games so <laughs> i can't really say that also, I, I think that's imagine. interesting, and also I'm also surprised. Like you know, rhinos, like it's like always there. It reminds me, it reminds me of Barn in the in the old ages, where you know you see on paper like the deck is like not very good, but then it is good because it keeps winning a lot. And I think Talisker Douglas, you remember last week when we talk about creativity, like there's a lot of like a different versions, but at the end, the one we like the most was the one with like more interaction, more mana lake or whatever. This one is like very lean, right? Like this is no, no I mean, it has to become immense. But it's like, it, this necklace is not trying to do anything fancy or answer to, you know, it's just rhinos. Like, it is going to attack as soon as possible, maximize the interaction, and that's it, right? It, 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 I don't know. I like this necklace. How do you feel about that? Yeah, this decklist has, uh, you know, uh, so uh, a friend of mine uh, coming to Trieste with me, he also is playing rhinos, so he's also testing a lot the deck. Um, I told him at first to start practicing with Four Color because I think Four Color has the better matchup against Murktide because you have Leyline Binding, which is so important to kill a Ledger Shredder. Uh, here, because the problem is really Ledger Shredder because Murktide Regent, you can bounce it with Brazen Bore or Dead Gone, but Ledger Shredder is just stay there, lets you loot away the lands, lets you just, it grows bigger than a Rhino, and of course, Bore is pretty bad against it. But after all, I think. In a broader metagame, just having access to Blood Moon in the sideboard, having access to just, you know, fetching basic lands to also play around Blood Moon uh, on your side, I think might be actually better overall. So I think that maybe for a tournament, Teamer is the better choice. And as Stalister shows you, again, I really put a lot of effort on the name because uh, he's, a, he's a very good player, plays a lot of modern, decided to play Teamer over for Caller. So I think all these things uh, definitely add up. Uh, a very interesting uh, decision on his deck, other than the Becoming Mans, is Season Pyromancer, a card I honestly have never really seen lately in the Rhinos list. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Some people might come to the conclusion of, oh, why aren't you playing Fable of the Mirror Breaker? Isn't that better? But Season Pyro lets you play around the Spell Pierce and Fluster, which are very good card against you. So that might be a reason why there's Season Pyro instead of a Fable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, it's not just everywhere. But. Uh, can we Sorry, talk more about the Becoming Can we talk more yeah. about the Becoming that, that really stands out. That, I think that deserves more comment, surely. Um. So, Becoming is... Uh, you see it around in Timur decklists. It's 
I wouldn't say it's as uncommon. Uh, the commandments is mostly here to steal a turn. So for example, if you play against creativity, you're able to win the turn after you make rhinos. So let's say on turn three, you go for 10 power, and on turn four, you deal 16 damage. That's often enough to win the game. Um, so that is basically like, I don't want to say a time walk because obviously that's not, but uh, against combo in the combo mirror match might act like uh, shorting a clock of one. That, so that's why I think they're good okay. in the main deck, but pretty bad post cyborg, I think. So, so becoming man's, we come from the green time walk. Oh, it's basically like um, how Team of Battle Rage functioned in Shadow, right? Yeah. Um, I imagine, but something interesting that I think was that there was a tension in Shadow between Team of Battle Rage and counter spells because they would often do something similar against combo decks. But it makes a lot of sense that it can't be a counter spell to do the same thing here because you tap out to cast Rhinos, so you can't. Um, speed up your clock by holding up a stubborn denial or whatever. Uh, it can't be stubborn denial in this deck, but you get the idea. Um, a dispute or whatever. Uh, because you tap out, it needs to be a card like Become Immense. So that's that's really clever. I like that. Also, maybe one day you'll become Immense of Fury. How cool would that be? You know? Oh, that's that's what, what one. Yeah, that's a kill. That's cool. I mean, I'm sure yeah. that happens yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, honestly, this is just. It's Rhinos, uh, as, as Javier says, it's not uh, a fancy or anything. I, I still uh, respect this deck a lot. I think it's one of the best decks in the format. And uh, again, together with Living End, these are just such an efficient combo decks in Modern. You have all the answers, you have a very fast clock. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely a, a, a very good deck for a long tournament like it's the Showcase. How many rounds was this Showcase? Nine or 10 that you know? I think nine. I don't think it was like huge, sure. but I'm not that sure. I mean, nine's huge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nine, nine is huge. Nine yeah, is huge. No, because I thought it was ten, but I, I might yeah. have been wrong. Also, how, how nice is this uh, Benino Ney guy, by the way? Can you imagine playing Living End, getting paired to Rhinos in the finals, and agreeing to split? That's that's that counts as a charitable donation, I think. He should be able to do, donate that deduct that <laughs> from his taxes. That's Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they might even not know. I mean, they might just be tired or they just also could not know. You know, like you don't know. In my Hero Land, you don't know what you're playing against. So That's true. I Honestly, <laughs> like, if you lose the Darrow and your opponent asks you to split, I think you kind of accept <laughs> it because, like, yeah, as enough. modern, if you're, if you're on the draw, it's just, it's all this negative match. There's no good matchups, huh? Yeah. There's bad matchups and even matchups. Cascade, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure, sure. Um, the rest of the top eight has, uh, you know, kind of different decks. There's the classic Merktide Scam, uh, Yogmoth, you know, some of the best decks. And then we have Tron, which is doesn't, you know, doesn't really appear as one of the best decks, but it's there. Uh, got the top eight in this like very long and keeps, kind of prestigious event. Keeps doing so. Tron keeps being there, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> I just love it. It's the stock. <laughs> It's the stock list from uh, that we seen a few weeks ago with the Cityscape Leveler over uh, Eugene the Spirit Dragon. Yep. And uh, it has three A-Wire Might in the sideboard. We assume it's for Hammer, I will say, but yeah. it also has some applications like at Blood Moons or whatever. Like, that, like it's an answer to Blood Moon that blocks Dragavan, and it's good against Hammer. Like, I mean, I don't think you, sure. can, you can ask for a better cyber card, I guess. <laughs> yeah, notably, another you mentioned. Yeah, now that you mentioned Hammer, no top, no copies of Hammer in both top eights this weekend. So if last weekend it came first and second in the challenge, this weekend is nowhere to be seen in the, at least in the uh, winner, uh, winner meta game, let's say. 
Yeah. Is it going down in the main good years? No, 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 no. Hammer's still great today. Okay. You know, just got paired against Hammer, lost easily. Uh, I was playing am Amulet. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw it, I, I trophied this morning on stream with Burn. Yeah, the best deck ever. <laughs> best deck in terms of like, it's, it's been there forever. It's the longest, like, long, long tier one or tier two, whatever deck in modern. It's been there forever. You also, know? Yeah, also it's so cheap. Yeah. It's so cheap. It is, man. Yeah. MTG Finance. Oh, because they reprinted yeah. all the fetches. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, it's like, on Magical Line, it's 100 ticks. Like, come on. For a modern deck, it's tips. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tron also right. must be kind of cheapish, but uh, maybe not that mm, much. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so many combos. Mm, mm, mm. Speaking of, uh, there's Bozeju, though. That's very expensive. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's speak about the, the the deck that we haven't mentioned in the topic, which is definitely the bigger innovation of the week, which is Jeskai Breach without Urza Saga. So this trend started a few weeks ago when uh, JSK Breach uh, without Urza Saga won the um, the PTQ. And uh, the, that list was very weird though. He had like Baral, Manamorphose, Remand. So it's, it definitely wasn't a normal list. Whereas this that uh, Jaco Pablo and another person, Kwabatchie, uh, made the topic with is instead a Breach deck without Saga, with Dragon's Rage Channeler, and even in the case of Kwabachi, he doesn't even, they don't even play Grapeshot or Tassa's Oracle, so it's just, it's just a value breach. It doesn't actually win the game the same turn, or rather, you can bolt your opponent, but you don't have a, a clean kill, kill yeah. spell. Exactly, you don't have a, you don't have a combo kill, so I think this is the biggest innovation right now. We might just enter a world where JSK Breach doesn't play Saga, Grinding Station, Mox Ember anymore. What do you think about this, Javier? Well, I, I was impressed by this deck in the tournament itself. And we also saw it on the Shadow decks. I think last week we commented about like a little bit about like how the Shadow yes, might be good with the yep. Breach. Yep. So now, I, I mean, I'm not sure if the Shadow Shell or this Shell is better. I have only tried this Shell, the JSK shell and I got like a 4 or whatever like I was impressed by the deck I can say that I'm playing with it it felt like wow this deck is just good like it's so functional it does what it's, suppo it's supposed to do and Breach doesn't need a lot of noise to be a combo kill like they're at 11 you tap 5 mana you win the game because you have a ball there and that's it and I think that's very clean um then Teferi is very smart in this kind of decks, but I'm not sure Teferi is better than Thoughtseize because Thoughtseize is a good card, but and that by definition puts cards into graveyard. But like I think Mango might be right. Like I think we're gonna see more and more fair bridge decks, and I could see this kind of deck is fighting for like fighting with Blue Red Martet for the spot with because they're both like Ragavant, Shredder, and DRC decks, and I think. Uh, one of them is probably better than the other. And I mean, for once, I don't think it's necessarily Blue Red Mortite. So I would probably, you know, if I had like a tournament or whatever, I, I would probably keep an eye on this Breach big decks because they are like not very easy to attack. If you think about it, like you put like cards that are good against Breach, well, definitely they're not good against Ragman or Shredder, right? Uh, and it's not like they need Breach to win because they're like kind of a Blue Red Mortide, but instead of Mortide, they play, they play the Breach and that's it. So it's not like they're making concessions. Um, the sky is the limit. Like this is being Blue Red, 
splash white, but it could be like, yeah, shadow. It could be, it doesn't even have to play blue depending on how you build it, right? Like you could have like fables or whatever. I am not sure, but I think Breach uh, as a, just a fair card that just wins the game with like burn spells, pulls, or as Mango said other weeks, like if you go like DRC, DRC bubble, you just gotta draw like six cards and you're gonna win the game regardless, right? So I think we, we can see this a lot. And for me, playing some cubes, I also felt like some games where I had like semi-combo decks with Breach, where I would just cast Breach, play three spells, and the card was just great, even though I couldn't combo with it. And I think that's also something that people thought, making these innovations. And I think I, I'm impressed by it. Like the last time I was so impressed in Modern was when creativity was starting to be popular. So I wouldn't be surprised if this trend happens again, where Breach decks actually go to... Like, you know, become like tier one, so whatever, the same way creativity did. In the preliminary that you four rode with, were you playing with Grapeshot or without? I played without Grapeshot because I, to me, like, I was feeling like the strength of these innovations was the fact that this deck could, you know, be consistent and just win the game in a combo way without any combo card. So I went with the one without the combo cards, of course, and see how much, you know, you can stretch it. I just, I just never miss the combo cards. Like they were just, you know, I just beat creativity or whatever. Like I beat some decks by just bolting them. Yeah. Um, I've also played a lot of Breach uh, recently. I played this Jiska version that you did well with. I also tried Blue Red Merktide, cutting Merktide for Breach. Three, three Breach instead of three Merktide. So I think the big, the big changes about this deck isn't necessarily the white splash, I mean, Prismatic Ending is nice because it lets you exile uh, uh, annoying cards like a Licensed Earth or Sanctifier Invec that, you know, Red maybe has a harder time dealing with. But I think the biggest change is that uh, the Jeskai list that you're playing doesn't play Counterspell. And that might be something I don't really want to do in Modern. Like, especially when first and second deck are, you know, decks that are obviously weak to Counterspell. The, um, I mean, in this showcase, obviously not in general. I like also Yogmoth, you know, Tron. There's definitely decks where just having counter spell instead of three spell peers might be. I don't know. I feel like I'm okay. a little bit safer if I play, if I if I join a modern tournament with counter spell rather play, than not. Play the Grixis Shadow Breach one then, because that has Drown in the lock. That's really good against Cascade. So, you know, you can still. There's nothing about Breach that says you can't play counters, right? So. I mean, they, they yeah. can be a little awkward, so, but you can. For sure. So my problem with that shadow is just, I don't know, but I don't feel like it's a good card anymore. Um, just way too many lightning bolts or just decks that burn in general. Just building your mana base and just shocking yourself just for your payoff to be a creature that, you know, dies to prismatic ending or just, you know, dies in general, as well as your matchup against burn becomes worse. I don't know. Every time I play with uh, that shadow recently, I don't really feel the power of the deck. Uh, one thing though, I don't think like if I had to play Burn, I would rather play Shadow than Jeska. Like, like the card that Shadow yeah. is actually sick against Burn. Like the card just sick good there. Like they just cannot execute the plan. Like man, the mana base from Shadow is not that much different from the mana base from Jeska. Like it's very similar. You can actually build a similar whatever. Like you take some more damage, no, my, but it's not like super. You know, it's not like extreme. If you don't play, you don't play like the lands that build through damage. Like I think shadow. Yeah, no. You know, my just... my thing was that if you play shadow, you kind of have to shock yourself. Like even if you don't Why? have shadow in your hand. Why? Whereas no, you I don't. Mean, I know you don't. I know that you. I know that you don't. But like you don't play mountain. Maybe you don't play island. I think just... you have you have to play mountain. I think shadow. Like I think this is misconception of shadow, where you just have to go 
long life for shadow to be good but that's not how shadow decks actually operate like you have the option to do so when you want to but i will say i i mean i don't like quite often i just don't shock myself in playing shadow when i i did i did play a lot of shadow like if you pick up shadow especially in a deck with shadow and bridge i will suggest thinking twice on whether to fetch shotgun paint to life or not i will often actually just hold because if i don't know if i'm gonna fetch or not like for a shotgun i can just hold the mana if i'm not using it uh, i think i mean i understand what you say mango but i'm not fully agreeing here because of yeah you can just still go for basics uh, especially if you play breach of course you know yeah i mean that yeah. might be maybe the the way i play it's bad but yeah i, think... I feel like well yeah, yeah every just... time I, every time i play shadow recently i never i never really felt the power and yeah that's that's the general feeling also matched with the the results that don't really show that shadow yeah. you know, doing well the, recently the, the way i would explain it which maybe would be an easier way to frame it is that uh you can wait for your opponent to shock you and if they are not going to shock you then how are they going to win the game right so just let them do something so the, the key <sighs> with beating burn as shadow is to make it so that they have to do something and also that if they do something they're going to lose to shadow so when you play Shadow, your game plan against Burn should be that. Like, you want to pincer them, more or less. Um, uh, you, you don't play yeah, Life, yeah. you play Tablands. With Bur- like yeah, Shadow, yeah, yeah, you play Tablands. And I think it's with yeah. Breach. I think sh- I think Shadow and Breach, they might actually fit perfectly because Shadow is a card, like, if the game goes fast, Shadow is just, like, the best creature ever. Like, if the game is, like, super fast on the, on the phase, whatever. And if the game goes slow, that's where Breach shines. So it's actually, yeah. like, they actually pair together maybe better than i thought they would that's that's why I want, that's what i want to play next in modern because shadow was weak when you know like they kill the shadows or whatever or you cannot play them because you go burn like you play some three three because you don't want to go lower in life or whatever and they kill the shadows because they're not very good and then you're like well you have not much to do because you don't have lotus anymore but breaches maybe there to save today it covers that angle again like you need to have exactly. covered, covered as mid-range so uh, also shadow is a little bit more aggressive like yeah shadow also attacks more than jessica i think like the sh- shadow has like an inner and aggressive element also there so i assume the kills with breach and bolt will be easier in a deck like shadow also tatis protects uh breach as well so there's, there's a lot of you know possibilities here I think two interesting topics that we might explore a little bit more with Breach is that um, with cutting Urza Saga, you know, Mox Ember, Grinding Station, uh, you become better against the uh, Cyber Hate that your opponent brings against you. Like, for example, Wear Tear Force of Vigor doesn't Stone Rain you anymore, or, uh, you know, Blood Moon doesn't Stone Rain you anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're quite bad, right? Like, I mean, if Force of Vigor against a deck that literally only has breach and a target breach yeah that's pretty exactly. bad like also because breach can yeah. respond like the game is still in response go consider 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 you know like this like you can't cast your hate card and they they still three cards up that's not acceptable like say boarding against this deck i found it like very hard in the tournament i was like well i mean what i'm supposed to do because if i attack the creatures they can breach me if i attack the breach they can just ram me out it's it's very hard like i don't know yeah it's that's a okay. strong point i guess yeah yeah that's that's a good it's a multi-angle deck for sure yeah but, but on the other side, you don't have Urza Saga, which is sometimes just an excellent tool to fight the the graveyard hate like Endurance or Unlicensed Earth. You just go Saga, make tokens, and then Shadow Spear Equip, win. So, you know, I don't like Urza Saga decks, uh, Midranger Urza Saga decks, but this is not necessarily it because it's paired with just a Wanker combo. 
Yeah, I have him so, missed Saga. Like, I definitely have him missed Saga because the, the, the early game of the deck is the same as Blue Red Mortet. It just happens to, to change the late game for a late game that's a little bit better against interaction, even though it's obviously like less fast. Like, if you play against Strawn, Mortet is so much better than Breach for obvious reasons. But I think against decks that can actually deal with a Mortet, I think if Mortet is a back to beat, this deck is like mm, probably better to pick it up because if Mortet is good, decks will try to beat Mortet. And this is the same cards, but it's different finishers, yeah. Yeah. So one more important thing also is that there's four Ledger Shredder. Um, I would say it's about a month since I've, I've started playing four Ledger Shredder in Merktide. And uh, I just never, I never looked back. I think Ledger Shredder is is great. It's better than Merktide Regent, actually. And uh, I think part of the decks, this part of the reason why this deck succeeds is because it's able to also pick up this you know, Shredder Ragavan Channeler package, uh, you know, which is very familiar to to Blur and Merktide. So, so I you, would say you, that you're confident in Four Shredder because I've seen a lot of like in Twitter people discussing like this is good, this is bad. So your stance is you think Four is better uh, in Blur and Merktide for sure. I, I don't want to talk for Breach, but yeah, no, Breach is new, but yeah, okay, good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just so important against the Cascade decks. In the Mirror Match, Ledger Shredder is amazing. I was afraid against Hammer, but also that's, that's been very good there. Even post Cyborg, especially with the Engineered Explosives on one. So, like, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the also, yeah, you can go Shredder Explosives. Like, sometimes it happens. If you don't have a third land, you do that. Uh, overall, uh, I think you can't be like, well, Sometimes the Merc Regent is better than Breach. For example, if you only have four cards in your graveyard, you can cast a Merc whereas you cannot cast a Breach. Or uh, I don't know if it's been clunky for you as well, but sometimes I have Breach and I don't have Bubble because you, you don't draw your Bubble and Breach is just, it's not great. I feel like it happened to me for sure that I had Breach in my hand and it was bad, even, even without Graveyard Day because I didn't have a Bubble and maybe you take... Like, you don't want to spend three mana for a Lightning Bolt. And uh, so I think by playing for Breach, you're a little bit more clunky. Like, you have a little bit more of a... Like, your mana curve is just uh, jammed on two mana. But on the other side, you have a better late game. So I think there's definitely ups and downs. And I think maybe playing a split... I'm, I'm mostly here talking about the, the Merktide versus Breach in Blue and Merktide. Yeah, it could I be. Might actually try. It could be like a split. Yeah, yeah. card selection. Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. I think. I mean, you, you you literally talked about having four ledger shredder, and you know, Merktide has so many card selection spells anyway that I think it's fine to play four of them. And having four also means you can play a medium one in between as well. Like, it's more okay to just play a breach that like draws two cards or whatever if you know you have more to like go over the top later on anyway. So, I don't know. I, I think four. The problem. The problem of a breach that draws two cards, if you don't have bubble, is that you need four mana, which, yeah, you try to avoid. I, I was to... impressed by the breach on four mana killing two creatures, like bartering blood. Yeah, yeah. I, I I found the bartering blood breach mode pretty good for a you know for a fail case, which is like you don't have bubble but you have bolt and hit and you know kill ragavan kill the shredder. This happened to me a few times, and I was like, well, this I mean this is not bad for a combo card, you know, compared to riding yeah. station or whatever, <laughs> like. Not not obviously great like game winning, but but good enough. You still kill two creatures with one card, even though I mean you string the favor or whatever. But like, I think that that's at four mana breach starts being good, and a five is like great, and at six is often wins the game. 
Yeah, this this weekend I am you know locked in playing Murktide in Trieste. I might play uh, maybe one copy of Breach over the third copy of uh, Murktide. I I don't think I'll be able to test it, but I think I think I might do that. Yeah, imagine just having one off. They, they never know what's going on. You know, just cast the breach game one, then you submit it out. Yeah, it, one is the best number for breaches because it's like impossible to react to. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? I feel like I would love you know? to cut something else though, but I think Murktide is too important in the matchups where it is good. Maybe you can find some other card uh, in air quotes for the grindy matchups that you can cut for a breach. Um, mm, I don't know about that, Anthony, because uh, which ma like the matchups where Murktide is very is more important. It's actually almost the same matchups where Breach is at, at its best, I think. Like, really? I thought Mechtown yeah, was more like, important when they don't interact enough. Like, you know, like you play against you or something. Maybe those decks no, are weak to remove. No, I don't think so, because those decks, I mean, you have already like the package of Shredder, Ragavan, and Chandler. Like, if you play Tron, your game plan is mostly just ride these guys into victory. I mean, more than this be plan or whatever, but ideally just go Ragavan, Shredder, Spellpiss, Counter Spell, Counter Spell, Counter Spell, win the game. It's like, you know, against like blue-white control or whatever. Or I mean, I guess Rhinos, decks like that where games go long, you have big creatures or whatever, you change your sources, or more that is good, I think. And Breach also did there. Also, yeah, I think that I think that Murktide fights better Graveyard Hate than Breach does. So for example, against uh, um, Sanctifier and Vec, Unlicensed Earth, I think you're just, you can easily play Murktide regardless, whereas Breach, obviously, it's gonna suck. And... Um, and against Endurance also. So overall, I think I don't like to go all in in Breach if you're playing Murktide. If you're playing this Jeskai version with Teferi and Prismatic Ending, which is, I don't know, I feel like it's basically Murktide, but without Murktide. So yeah, I still uh, definitely, uh, I think this is definitely the biggest uh, change that's approaching Modern. Maybe this week, from this week on, we will find out if uh, Jeskai Breach, you know, one of the best decks in the format, will actually uh, have a, a big shakeup in the deck building, or if actually the version with uh, Urza Saga was the best one. Yep, we'll see. Who knows? I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to go and say this, the kind of decks are here to stay. I could be wrong, but for me, this is going to be the new creativity where, you know, bridge decks with fair cards are just going to be around for a few months. That's my personal happy. bet. That's my, that's my I, personal bet. I really, I really, I, I mean, I don't really know because I don't follow Modern well enough to make an informed judgment as to whether they're going to stay so i'm just gonna follow javier on it but what i will say is that i would enjoy it a lot if they were good because the times when i have uh enjoyed modern uh when decks like shadow uh you know particularly good uh and you know if if breach is what's gonna make that happen then i would be very pleased so fingers crossed i hope you're right you're probably right okay and i hope so <laughs> yeah I also want to mention one more uh, modern deck, and then we can move on. It's Dredge. Uh, Dredge made a comeback with uh, Soul Deck, came in second in, uh, on the Sunday Challenge. Um, I also streamed with Dredge, and I was very impressed. Um, mostly because, of course, it has a great matchup against all the mid-range decks that are popular now, I guess, unless it's Rakdos Cam. And uh, so, yeah, if you are a Dredge guy, uh, Dredge is back on the map, and uh, his list is... You know, kind of the classic list that you expect. There's two Tom Scour, which is not really a very common card, a blue mana mill five. But outside of that, uh, I think Dredge players are uh, just yeah. Your deck, it's 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 probably back on the on the modern meta game. Is I it, think. Isn't it the opposite? Don't you like not want to play Dredge when people when when once Dredge is back on the map? That's the last time I want to play Dredge. I want to play Dredge when no one knows that Dredge is on the map. Dredge players, put all your Dredge decks away. I think. 
until you know three go, weeks go three weeks from now yeah yeah go go hide in the shadows again like the cockroaches you know <laughs> run away yeah, I suspect Anthony might not like Dredge also. We're going to make a list of things Anthony do, does not like that we know in the podcast. I will one day make it's the list. It's going to be a long one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Professional hater, Anthony Lee. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The, the the winner with Scam was playing four Dotty Void Walker main deck, four Leland of the Void sideboard. Yeah, it was like a good matchup for Dredge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the final uh, was not was not very close. Also, it's like night, two Night Whispers, which is a nice card. It's a fine card, like, right? It's basically like Pushman uh, expressive iteration. So yeah, yeah. it's expressive iteration uh, in black. All right. Um, well, are we uh, ready to mo- move on to the next format? We are. Or do you have anything else to yeah. say? Okay. So. As we said in the last podcast, we aren't uh, going to talk about Pioneer until uh, the uh, Proto Philadelphia, where Anthony and Javier are competing. I will be rooting uh, from home for them and for everyone who's playing uh, Enigmatic Incarnation, <laughs> which will um, still still the deck of my heart. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to standard which is a format i am getting closer and closer to because of the oh. uh, regional championship qualifier no regional championship sorry um that is uh, that is happening i actually built two decks in paper not one but two i beat the Grixis deck from jabberwocky and i beat uh, the mono white control deck that's going on with uh wandering emperor and the wending announcement and etc so I'm here to listen. What you have to tell me about Standard, about Anthony? Mine. What happened in Standard this weekend? Uh, soldiers, there's soldiers everywhere now, uh, and I mean, soldiers has always been a deck that's been reasonably competitive, but it's never quite been at the top of the format. But it has really surged there this this weekend. Uh, that's that's the big takeaway, I think. All right, and. Uh, Another, yeah, so many soldier decks. On Sunday, there's five soldier decks in the top eight with three of them in the top four. Both soldiers took down both the challenges. I don't see any more, I don't see any more Grixis. Only, only one Grixis and it's the classic uh, standard grinder mocked. Did Grixis <laughs> fell out the format? Did I build a deck that's not good anymore? It's uh, hard to tell, right? It's tricky. Well. I definitely wouldn't say that Grixis is not good anymore. That's that's very extreme from one weekend. Also because, I mean, naturally, if there are a lot of soldiers taking up the slots, there's not as many slots left for other decks. So it doesn't, but it doesn't mean that every single deck is bad that isn't soldiers. Um, well, at least I would certainly not assume so. Um, yeah, so I guess we can talk a little about, well, where did Grixis go and why is soldiers here? I suppose that seems like a reasonable place to start. Um, go ahead, Javier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have my my theories, you know, about mm-hmm. why this could happen. So, what's exactly the question, Mengu? What happened to Rixis? Exactly, yeah. I see a couple of Rakdos <clears throat> okay. decks. So, go like, did they turn into Rakdos because of a better matchup against the soldiers? I'm assuming. Yeah. So, for first, uh, one thing about these challenges, though, is like uh, a large percentage of these players are playing two queues. On the like on these challenges, so decks that are like very grindy, very complicated, are less appealing for you know like in terms of being chosen. Like if you're gonna play two tournaments or three at the same time, a deck like Soldiers is way more you know 
it's easier to pick okay. up and play two games at the same time. There's a super grindy 25 turn per game grindy deck that's super hard to play. Um, so one thing, yeah. So Grixis are, you look at, you know, like, let's look, you look at the mocked deck list, it's a little bit stockish, whatever, but these decks are quite like cannibalized already. Like they are very good for the grindy long type of game. They're like main deck bankbuster slash invoke despair based. Which isn't the best thing you want to do, like you can do if you're gonna play like a, an attrition game. If you're gonna win a super long card advantage game, you need these cards because they're like the best top decks. But of course, they actually suck against uh, soldiers. Like you could think this Uxus deck is like good against soldiers because if you cast removal into Corpse Appraiser, you're like winning the game most of the time. But reality is, you have like so many clunky cards that you need to compete against the soul decks that you actually become bad against the. Um, the soldier's deck, and I think that's also something that happens against red. Uh, there's also the shield dilemma where she yeah, is absolutely. like very good against it. the soldier's deck, yeah, but also like not as good against the it's actually bad against the grindy decks with over the throat. But overall, I think these decks went too far in order to beat themselves, which was something they needed to do back in the day, right? Because it was like five weeks in every top eight, like two months ago, whatever, so it makes sense for the execs to do this, but now I think it's the other way around. And I think we probably will see like Grixis decks using the manicure having more like good interaction, less like negate spell pierce, like bank buster type of effects and more like more removals and more go for the throws, which is like you know probably the best removal you can have. And like Mog has two for example, you know? Like that that's the, the format just switched so much that I think the deck needs to become a little bit of what it was at the beginning of, of the format. Yeah, a bit so of that, that's what yes. Yeah, I think yeah. That so makes you're sense. saying that, so you're saying that the deck list that I that I that I built my deck first time, which was from Jabberwocky, was in the meta in the old meta game. So it had two negate main deck, three um, wandering mind. Yeah, no I mean, copy look, of yeah. shield ready. Look, so look that was the, for the old meta game. Nah, look well, at well, the soldiers. Not say like, literally twenty four lands, thirty four creatures, and two only to sleep out the back as only targets for negate. Like if you play negates against the deck with 34, 34 creatures, you're not good. You know, like like yeah, this deck you, you need to adapt every week, and yeah. to do that you have to be you know working on the standard or whatever. So it's not a surprise for me like you know that more dedicated grinders can actually play that, but other than that it's just easier to just go like pick up soldiers or whatever or pick up the deck you want because a deck like Grixis you need to adapt it a lot week by week I'm not talking about cutting one negate for one make disappear I'm talking about like changing 5 to 10 cards of good even 15 of cards of your main deck and cyber like you have to change your deck every week or every two weeks and that's a lot of it's a complicated business but I think if we had like you know a super important tournament now I will expect those decks to actually come on top but they will need to be worked on they not need, like, yeah they need a lot of work know. Um, yeah, I think exactly. a lot of people kind of characterize. I, I think a lot of people mischaracterize mid-range decks as kind of being piles of good cards. Which, I mean, they do have to be comprised of mostly good cards. But what the? But there's so many good cards nowadays that that can take a lot of different forms. So, a lot of people, for example, would just think, "Well, Shieldred's a really good card, and Grixis is a deck of good cards, so I should put the really good card in my deck." But as we can see, even a card that's as strong as Shieldred is highly contextual, right? Like it went from being format dominating to completely unplayed to where it is now, right? Uh, which, which is where we are now. And Soldiers comes back and, oh, now we have to put this card back in our deck. So, and I think that's typical of standard. Like they're, yeah, the decks are just like, they do have to be all good cards, but you have so many options that you have to change from week to week. So I think every time you like copy a list, 
you should probably just get like a pile of cards that could go in that deck because it's going to change by the time your cards arrive, honestly. So, um, yeah, when you say like old meta game, like that was like, that's not even that old. That was like, mm, I don't even know if it was two weeks ago, you know, that this stuff started with the wandering minds over the shield roots. Was it was that about two weeks ago, Javier? Does that sound about three, right? Three, I guess. I mean, I think it was three, yeah. maybe three or four. I'm not sure yeah. because I think it started with the Mox Showcase Challenge Final, whatever. Was yeah, like one month. I'm not even. I'm not even sure when we say that it started. You know, like when it really. Yeah, it definitely. It was not like half a year for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you just have to be ready to adapt all the time if you're going to play mid range deck like Grixis. Um, I think that's something very important for people who are getting into standard this season or whatever. You know, like you should. Be aware. Ask, yeah, Black Lagrant does, does that. Black, Black, like, if you identify counter spells as, as bad because they're not good against soldiers, well, now Ragdos becomes the, the obvious direction. Not because mm -hmm. the mana base becomes much better because it doesn't. Like, it's a little bit only. It's just because you simply, like, there are no other blue cards that are very good. Like, Card Suppressor is kind of good, but it's if you don't want counter spells, you probably don't want to play Card Suppressor. So that's the that's a reasonable direction, I think. Yeah, I was exactly going to ask that one. I was asking, <laughs> since uh, Soldiers is so popular, should you cut blue and play Rakdos? Exactly, but it's it's Rakdos also with like, you know, like, if you look at the Rakdos, Rakdos decks, they're still a little bit um, anti-Mitrange decks, like they're still a little bit heavier, and they play for, like four invokes or whatever. I think they can still be lower, but then they will lose the mirror matches. So it's, it's like a, this uh, very dedicated balance. They were better against uh, the the soldiers deck. Like if you look at the CRK one, it has main deck flesh warrior, you know, like, mm -hmm. which is like an anti, uh, like a very good card against soldiers or whatever. I think if those decks play a little bit lower on the ground, they will probably just have a very good matchup against soldiers, but also will probably lose horribly against the mono white sure. slow deck or whatever. Yeah, it's this kind of dance where you have to try to even out everything. Start to get also, it's, about yeah, things too. exactly. Like the There's also deck. a good recipe. Like this is a good situation for. All decks that actually were pushed out by Grixis to be back in the menu, like, you know, Esper came back for a week, but it could happen to come back again. Even John decks, whatever, that were bad. And then, you know, like, there's a, like, when there's a top deck in the format for like a month, especially in the format as small as a standard, when the deck starts to, you know, disappear or forced to involve again to the previous version, there are some decks that were not like that good against it, but good against the rest that could come back. I think this is a good moment for decks like that to maybe come back. I a couple of questions. All right. First one is super easy. Why do you think there's three go for the throat, one infernal grasp, and not just four go for the throat? Is it only for Reckoner's Backbuster or are there some artifacts still, in the format Seraph. to kill? Still okay, it's still Seraph. Perfect. And the second question is since the soldier's deck plays basically no uh, artifact or enchantment. Should Mono White still play Lauren in the main deck? Because I see everyone just playing three Lauren in the main deck. That's very tricky because, I mean, if you play Mono White, it's because you actually think Mono White is decent, right? And if you play Mono White Mirror and you play Bank Buster, your opponent kills yours, uh, you're going to lose. Like, and they play Restoration and they're going to play another Lauren or whatever. I think... That will only be true if Mono White disappears also of the meta. It becomes like way worse because Lauren is just so good against the mirror match and also so good against the Fable Bugbuster decks that I think Lauren just happens to be too important for, for this deck, even though it's bad against um, Soldiers. Like the rest of the Mono White deck is actually acceptable against Soldiers. Like it doesn't have that many dead cards. And Lauren, while it sucks, it's not as bad as the uh, as Negates 
Yeah. But um, yeah, it could play less number of Lorans, but at least it does trade with a one drop or whatever. But I, th- I think if, I think as long as Soldiers doesn't like super dominate the format, I think you have to play Loran because it just I, for me being so important in the mirror match, especially with Sarah Paragon, where you can just replay it or whatever if it dies and just kill like another announcement. There's always targets there, and some of them like Restoration. You need to deal deal with them because otherwise they get a creature and a bankbuster. So I will I say think- I will be glad to think Loran is too good to not play. Yeah, you, you, it, you shouldn't be averse to playing, not to to playing a card that might be weak in some matchups. Because, for example, I don't think you would have asked that question about main deck spell pierce, but that isn't really any that different to Lauren, right? Or even in if we if we look at modern, like no one is like, why would you main deck fatal push that's blank against a bunch of decks? Um, yeah, that's just not. I I, th- I think the idea of what is a main deck card or sideboard card is often a bit overblown. So, for example, we see formats where like. Ethergust and Magma Spray uh, were similar in terms of their main deck uh, applicability, but one was perceived as much more extreme than the other, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think, um, yeah, just because a card calls out specific types or colors or whatever doesn't mean that it's not necessarily a main deck card. It's just about the metagame. So I think that's something to think about in the future. Yeah, but also for me, the fact that the cards, like, I mean, since the plan against Mono White, like, Soldiers against Mono White is used to trade all the sources and win with the bigger cards, I think the body of the Loran is actually, like, the fact yeah, that it's not a deck. like, not blank. If, like, if, like, if Loran could, no, yeah. let's say Loran could them block, for example, mm-hmm. I think that will be enough, maybe, to put it out. Like, sometimes with Mono White, no. you just need a body to put a counter on with the Emperor, you know, like, it's not that hard for that kind of... Things, yeah, you know, to matter. Someone to crew a bankbuster. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah for for it, me, yeah. um, being able to being bad but like not completely super dead, I think it's it's it does make a difference. Yeah, it's a little trickier for Mono White because it's not like it has Blood Tithe Harvester and Fable where you can be like, well, that card sucks, so I'm just gonna go get a new one. So yeah, the bar exactly. is higher for different decks, obviously. Or a fourth. Breach. The- <laughs> go on. One last one last question. One last question about Mono White. Do you think it's better to play with the restoration of Engajo or without? Because I see the decklist are split. I do think restoration is good because like it's good in the mirror matches because it makes Bambusters better. It gives you some protection against the invoke in terms of like when you, you know, try to snowball the announcement and you know you play announcement, the restoration, and the invoke. So you actually even a little bit of the invoke impact and also protect the the wedding announcement and you know like the cards also fine against the soldiers where you can like three four is a reasonable body well if you go like you know march of the other wall of light it's better to have removal but i think it's a the best way to approach this kind of board matchups is to be able to you know have a big board that attacks well and you know close the games or whatever you dominate the battlefield so i think restoration i just think it's a good card i don't know what anthony thinks about this uh yeah, I li- I like restoration in general. Like when every time I play like a grindy mid range deck against it, I just find that always gets my opponent a remarkable amount of value. And sometimes it constrains my plays. Like I would really like to spend my mana killing something this turn, but I can't because it's going to just let you return it with the uh, restoration. So sometimes it's irritating in that way. I do think there's a chance it will become a little worse in the very near future because I mean it's fine against soldiers, but it can be slow or awkward more so than your other three drops, particularly because of Thalia. Um, and sometimes That's like the true. 3-4 is a little too slow to show up, but also because uh, I would expect Esper to get better now that there's less Grixis, and Restoration against Esper can be really awkward because of Denic. so mm, yeah, I'm, do, yeah. Do you I think Astral Seraph is better then? 
like against so still set off which is a card you could play against like instead of the restoration do you think it's better against soldiers but it will be too much worse maybe against invokes yeah do, so i think feel? it's specifically much worse against grixis although i kind of like still seraph against esper so um because i think a bunch of the modes are relevant there i think vigilance is surprisingly useful against them not only because of making something immune to the wandering emperor but the flying can also be quite a big deal um in, in clock boards um and yeah i don't know um i maybe still start to be better in the near future but then i could see it rotating over to the restoration after that like in not that much time so yeah i mean for this uh, weekend in magical line still serve right. was better because there was like a lot yes, of soldiers in the high tables that. but yeah, but if easy. we if, if for example for next week you expect the black red decks to actually adapt then just play a bunch of removals and become less invokes and become good against uh the soldiers one then if you expect yeah, this to happen then restoration is much better so i guess once again it's metagame positioning but it's a very good question man Mango, I'm, i mean I, i'm still defaulting uh, uh, towards the restoration but this is a situation where also maybe a split could have some merits like seraph also not very good in multiples so maybe also that yeah i think that happens a lot in standard right the cards are like both like like i said we just have so many good options that you end up splitting them as a hedge that's reasonable. the the Hazard yeah. Chandra lesson. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're great. That's they have awesome. the same cards. Yeah. You just split them because you have diversity. Yeah, I mean that yeah. that's that, that that's a lesson for real. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it also leads to a lot of the classic standard thing where you have two main, one or two main of each, one or two of each in the main, and then in the side you have the other one, and then swap to but, like all yeah. of one after board in various. Matchups, one more thing you know? to add about this also is we had like we talk a lot about this uh, shielded thing before. Uh, if oh, you yeah, remember which true, podcast yes. it was, we talk because we talk like I don't know, tw- like a lot of minutes about exactly why to play shoulders or not, like many things. I think that's something also, you know, if you're interested in that, I think it was uh, like yeah. Let, let me let me double check. Uh, it was um, uh, it was episode sixteen, episode sixteen, okay. and if you t- so if you skip to the uh, standard portion, I, I I think a lot of people found that interesting as well. A lot of people, the the feedback they gave us was that. They enjoy that section, and I do think it might be useful to people whether or not they're currently playing standard. So, um, but do not skip yeah. the do not skip the parts. They're all good. You know, you never know when you're gonna have any kangaroo oh, joke, sure, but I mean, I can any corner why. in the podcast, yeah. so or any Italian joke yeah, or whatever. So, so you oh, never know. You have to be aware. Yeah. So yeah, revisit that episode sixteen, the standard section. If you're curious about Shieldred and its presence or absence or whatever else, uh, all right. revisit that. Yeah, yeah, standard. I mean, I'm glad Mango is, you know, jumping into standard because I think it's a very interesting format now. Also, the gameplay is cool. Uh, it's just like, you know, like very mid range piles or aggro against like decks that become control and, you know, the sideboarding changes. I, I, th- I think it's very good. And, you know, yeah, uh, yeah it's being also cool to, you know, follow the follow the evolutions of the format as well. And I always feel like I'm learning something when, when I'm really paying attention to standards. I'm, I'm happy true, about true, this, true. you know. So yeah. good to have Mango back on board. Welcome back. Yeah, I also bring some of the, uh, you know, questions that maybe you give it for granted, and I still, I I'm still new good. to yeah, it. Absolutely. No, that's very good. Right. Also, because sometimes, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like you take for granted because sometimes you don't even like you know think about it. You you say see a card and you're like sure whatever, but then you ask the questions and we have to like think through what why, we actually why we like the cards and sometimes doing that you realize maybe it well maybe I'll think that way and that's, that's very yeah. good. That's where what questions. Okay. I have one last question, and then we can move on. It's um, a licensers. Why some people playing a licensers in the sideboard? Is there any randy meter deck, graveyard deck? 
So the biggest reason for Unlicensed Hurst before was as a hate card against the Haughty Jin decks, and those decks have kind of vanished, so you don't really need Hurst as much anymore. What card is it? Sorry? Haughty Jin. You know, like the deck that Julian Bowman played at Worlds? The, the blue decks the with Jin. Yeah. Haughty Jin, the mm. one that's Enig Enigma Drake and plus Goblin Electromancer stapled together. Yeah, or oh, so you exile the cards yeah. and the gene is worse. I understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and also whatever, like, yeah. or Tolarian Terror. Yeah. It's, it's really rough. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, in Popper, I play for Red Cup Progenitus for the blue black deck, so I guess yeah, it's actually very similar. Unlicensed yeah, is a little yeah. bit better, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like very. Uh, yeah, I mean, that deck will actually. I mean, you cannot know, we cannot know like how good this deck would be, but every time, you know, it gets a little bit played, then Hearst come back and just, you know, Hearst comes back and then the yeah. deck is over. Yeah, exactly. The, the, if, if you're wondering Ooh. why it disappeared, it's because of Soldiers, I think. Like, it's just not that good against aggressive decks. But if Soldiers gets chased off and Grixis starts to take over the format again, maybe maybe it's time for Hortigen to come back, you know? Get but also, Hearst doesn't get played. <laughs> like, it, it's very... That's true. Yeah. You get a it's, narrow it's a, window. That's, yeah. that's a lot of thieves. Yeah. It's one week yeah. dredge style. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready to move on to the next format? We are. Is it the we format are, of are. the people? Not it's not. not. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's legacy where something extraordinary happened. I think that uh, honestly, just very rare to happen. It is that Mono White Initiative was more played and had a better win rate than Blue Red Delver. Well, I mean, is that, it's strange in terms of history, but it's it's we've been seeing this for weeks already in the podcast. Like it's the best deck. It's like, but yeah, don't, I understand what you're saying. I don't, I don't think in the whole 2023, there, sorry, 22, there was ever a point where Delver wasn't the most popular deck. I think since Miracles, there's never been a situation where Delver was not the most popular deck, right? Like it's been like yeah, little ages yeah, of magic, also, like I don't know, eight years yeah. or whatever. Like it, it's been. Also, if, if you go to MTG Goldfish, uh, Mono White Initiative is above uh, Blue Red Delver, which also, like, I don't think anybody else has ever been above Blue Red Delver that's in the true, last time. You know, know. That's a true, how, that's how you can tell the format, you know, is dominated by a deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, mean, it is there, the initiatives are there. That's, uh, it's actually even more yeah, than Sunday, it looks, right? Wow, I just realized. What's that? It's even more than it looks because, like, it says Mono White Initiative at the top. But then it also separated Naya Initiative and Boris Initiative. Those really yeah. should count as part. So the number's bigger than it, bigger than it looks. Wow. I mean, in the small mm. chat, like, like in the mocks, it was like you know, like top four for initiative decks. Like that. That's like wow. that's how it goes. That's really you know, hard like in, in legacy. Oh, in the legacy challenge, <laughs> yeah, in the legacy challenge on Sunday, uh, the top four was four initiative decks, and it was a fifth one in the top eight, which of course couldn't top eight because you got a mirror match. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we've been. We've been saying this for a long time. Also, I went, uh, so uh, I bought all the cards for initiative a while back. I never got to play them in paper. I decided on Monday to do like uh, an hour drive to go to my, to my FNM, not FNM because it was Monday, but like to local game store to play MLM. Legacy. Oh, he's just getting to... worried. He, he wants to use his cards before he's not allowed to. He wants to get the exactly. value. Exactly. 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 I know. I know. I know the feeling. I just wanted to play the deck once. I got my four roll. I got my, uh, you know, my store credit. I bought some standard cards. I was happy. Uh, yeah. I mean, now the advantage you already can say you played them once. Oh, you you, went, well, you made a good move because it's happening. <laughs> I suppose if you're playing initiative in order to get store credit to 
to buy standard cards. I suppose the ends justify the means. Like, I can't really can't really criticize this. It's noble in a way. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we have your we were talking about how mono white is the best deck in every format and that's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that, like that, that I think that has never oh, wow. happened. Like I mean, I mean, it's not like the best deck in a standard but almost like this week it was it was blue white soldiers or mono white, right? Uh then it's like in modern hammer is one of the best decks and it's a mono white deck. Pioneer, huh. we don't talk about Pioneer today, so it doesn't count. But there's a t tier <laughs> one, you know, tier one or two. Like it's where it's weaker, but it's still good. And Legacy and Vintage is not like not close. Like it's the best deck, or whatever. Like this is a great time to be a mono white gamer. So like, all like, of the commander players asking for better white cards. You know, they. I mean, they, well, they, 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 yeah, you know, they would say like, be careful with what you wish because now it's. Just, I mean, one year ago it felt wow. like you had to play blue red. You know, in all the formats in Magic. Mm -hmm. And with iteration or whatever, now it's like you have to play planes. Like planes seems so to be like are, the best. What are commander you know? players complaining about now? Because I want to know what's going to be good. Yeah, exactly. I want to know also. But commander, but yeah. it seems commander to me like players. 2023, you play right planes now. to win. You know, that, that's it. Yeah. Commander players right now are complaining about uh, the Elish Norn, which happens to be white. Oh and God. I think it also happens to be a very good card. It's a very good card, right? <laughs> what, what, yeah. You remember kids when we were young that, you know, people joked about white being the worst color in Magic or whatever? Those I don't even days. know if it was true most of the time, but yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, it was never like young. this. Like, I mean, was the white is not close, like the best color in Magic right now by a lot. If you if you think all the formats together, it's not close. Like, there's no yeah. there's no tie or anything. It's just like white so is the, the best worst? color the by far. Green. green, green, it's incredibly yeah, bad. I think green incredibly is, bad. I think green is the worst oh. color by by far. I think white is the best. Then it's like blue, red, and green. I, I mean, mean um, in, like Eurixis and then standard. Green, I think so. Oh, wow, in yeah, standard and popper doesn't even exist. In standard and popper, it's so unplayable. In wow. in modern, I I thought about this recently because I wanted to actually like write a, an article about this, like the the, the ranking the colors. <laughs> in mm. in in modern, it only exists because of Charlotte's agent, and outburst. Yeah, it's not and, very good uh, either. And in Pioneer, I guess Mono Green, it's a good deck, but, you know, it's because of Nykthos. <laughs> yeah, it's a good deck, but it's not like, you know, it's not like Mono White in Legacy. It's just like a good deck and that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's green for sure right now. Yeah, I think green is the worst. White is the clear best. And then Grixis, it's kind of a tier, but I will, I will guess blue gets the edge because blue is still like the best in, you know, so Legacy. In my, whatever. In my, like after in my idea of article, I would have put blue as the best color in Magic. Wow, have you ever have you seen any results of the last two weeks, Mengu? <laughs> oh, I think that in modern, you know, the best decks are expressive iteration decks, like blue decks in general. Uh, in standard, I don't know, blue white, blue white. It's literally all white. It's literally all white. Like yeah, sure. It's a mono white yeah, deck. Yeah, slip out the back. In 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 legacy and vintage, as much as as much as white initiative is good. Overall, I think there's more blue decks than the white decks. So I don't know about that. Give it time. Give <laughs> it time. Definitely not in the top eights. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, if you if you combine all the blue cards, it must be more than the white cards. Uh, well, it doesn't matter if the white I cards mean, are not in the mocks. The mocks not close for sure. <laughs> Where there's like five in the top eight, and then one show and tell, and one Delver as a it, blue deck. Yeah, it it wasn't a mox though. It was just a challenge on on Sunday. Okay, I think. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mox is this week, also, by the way. Yeah, the Mox is this Sunday. Are, are you gonna play Legacy Mox? I am, yeah. Ooh, okay. I, I'm gonna That's try gonna my very best to not play initiatives, but you probably at this point, I'm about, I'm about to give up. Like, I'm just, yep. I'm on the, I'm the, I'm on the protection from white main deck creatures. I'm still losing to initiative 
situation right now. So <laughs> I cannot oh, I cannot uh, promise I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> I lost I lost a mirror match on the on the challenge where I played Mono White, where I played Archon of Absolution, my opponent played Sky Sovereign. Yeah. I have one advice though for this <laughs> weekend, which I'm gonna follow if I don't play the initiative is just don't play I I'm not gonna play if I play that or whatever, I'm not gonna play any kind of Pyroblast main deck. Like, no, no, no. Pyro Blast yeah. is just banned from mainly play right now. Like the best deck, yeah. and the most and best best deck is like initiative. You could play a tournament where you play against seven initiatives or whatever. Uh, having a dead card against the best deck and most play deck is unacceptable. The same way Pyro Blast is good if Delver is that deck. Now I, I'm I'm definitely gonna not gonna play like no spell pierce, no Pyro Blast, nothing that's just like not a decent or good against. Uh, I'm way closer to play like grinding volume, whatever. That are provide creatures which I'm playing already that to play Pyroblast right now. So that's where I am in Legacy. Yeah, so on the opposite uh, argument, um, if I was playing Mono White, I would still play Chalice of the Void because I think that the reason why Mono White is good against Blue is because of Chalice of the Void. So I would still play it, but maybe you can afford to cut Thalia, which isn't amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Obviously, it's good against uh, blue, but I think you can you can cut her. So, and so you it's think Thalia is better than? Do you think Thalia is better than Chalice? I'm sorry, Chalice is better than Thalia. That makes sense, actually. Against against Delver, if you land the Chalice of the Void, you win the game. Yeah, you like, win. And Thalia gets killed, and that's it. I agree. Yeah, Thalia. I mean, it's good, but it's not that good. But you we're saying some versions like the. What's that? Wait. So I mean, the logic is that if you're cutting it because it's not good in the mirror, what are you going to cut it for that is good in the mirror? Well, there's uh, once a lot of upon good a time. cards. Yeah, I would, I would play once upon a time. Or you can, yeah, so the the XE Cloud version, uh, which is what Mag Sauce also used to win the the challenge with, is like no Falia no Chalice. Like they they just literally just full mirror. You look at the deck list; it's just full anti mirror cards. I mean, they just they just won a tournament. You know, Mag Sauce yeah, won I mean, a tournament with ephemerate main deck. Be... You know, like it's just yeah. source to blow shares. Like, it's just like a very good mirror deck. And then the sideboard three chalice of the void and two ballistas, but the rest is like, I don't know. This this is this is the already. This might be the final version of the deck where it acknowledges the deck is so overpowered, or whatever looks so good that it just never wants to be like bad cards in the mirror. The same way Delver when it was the best deck, it evolved into this version where. Everything was good in the mirror match, and Pyro Blasts were like good, and all the Force of Will was there as like a testament to the decks. And here it seems to me like Arkan of Emeria is doing that. But it's the only card that you actually, I mean, it's not bad in the mirror, the same way Fall is not bad in the Lover Mirror, but it's not great. But the rest, I mean, Ephemerate is like the Pyro Blasts, I feel, in this deck. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, his list is, uh, you know, legit. I'm not I'm not ever saying that, but I just still would play with Chalice of the Void because, like, the reason why I'm happy to play against Blue Red Delver with this deck is because of Chalice of the Void. So once I cut Chalice, I would be afraid to play against Delver. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I definitely think this deck is considerably worse against Delver than the other one is, but also... It's the same as like just playing Pyroblast and Delver. Like if you play a mirror match and you have Folly and Chalice of the Void, and the other player does not have either. I mean, I'm pretty sure their deckless is like solidly ahead in the mirror match. With at this point, might be more like better EV than actually being good against the Delver deck. Yeah, I, I think sure. it will be close. But I, I think I agree with you though that Chalice is more impactful than Folly. So if I had to pick one, I will pick Chalice for sure. Yeah. So overall, I think uh, this weekend uh, will. 
there will be the mocks and if uh, initiative keeps on putting such a stellar performance there will definitely be taken action because i think that you know as much as wizards doesn't like to ban merc that region or express iteration i think they don't really stick they don't really stick too much in defense of these initiative cards so i think i think something will happen for sure if this weekend continues the trend which yeah. probably is going to happen i mean it would be weird right i mean like the legacy is like yeah. scared but we'll see you know it's also like i don't like the initiative i think the gameplay is like very bad but i think it's cool that we get some changes so i mean i'm just trying to see the bright side now but the bright side is we never had a legacy where delver is uh not the best deck where pyroblast is like not correct to main deck or whatever so i think that's a you know at least a an exciting like weekend in terms of like the deck building or whatever like trying to build a deck with enough like pro white or anti uh mono white cards uh while still being functional like a silver i think that's that is the only like bright side of initiative and i mean something some people might enjoy as well Okay, so uh, this weekend, outside of the Legacy Showcase, there's also going to be the Vintage Showcase. And as much as we don't really talk about Vintage on the podcast, it is a competitive Magic podcast, so it's definitely an event that uh, uh, it's going to have uh, probably around 200 people. So it is definitely something... some something uh, something it's gonna be a big event so for those of you who don't follow magic online there's the mox which is this prestigious eight people tournament and you qualify through various ways and uh, one of them is by winning one of these uh, this mox finals uh you have four uh this time they are pioneer modern legacy uh, which are like the big events uh, the big formats and then you have uh, and then they rotate between uh, vintage popper and standard and this 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 month happened to be happened to be vintage so that is how magic the magic online system works let's say yeah i mean this weekend like for vintage i'm not that sure i think it's a diff- similar situation where mono white is like the best deck and the most played deck uh same as legacy but it is a little bit trickier because as opposed to legacy i don't think vintage like vintage initiative is like the best deck by a lot like if you try to beat uh, initiative in legacy probably chances are you're not actually because the legacy is so much better than the rest but in vintage if you try to beat initiative you will beat initiative so i think it's gonna be like uh way more interesting in terms of like what happens but i definitely will be careful with like the battle blasts or whatever it's yeah, already, so yeah. if you remember uh, what I told you, I think it was last episode, is that I played initiative in both, uh, um, you know, Vintage and Legacy. And as much as I did well in Vintage, I went to 10th place, but I didn't really feel like the deck was as good as it was in Legacy. And uh, so I think that in Vintage, it might, be, it might still be the most popular deck, but I don't think there's necessarily, um, uh, how do you say, like, this doesn't mean necessarily that it's the best deck or that you should necessarily build your deck for it. So I think main deck Flasters or main deck Power Blast are still maybe accepted in uh, Vintage, but they, they aren't in Legacy. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what I was trying I to mean, say. I mean, they might be fine, but also like small numbers. Like I, I don't think it's bad to play like two Pyroblasts, one Flasters or whatever, but I think the days of three Flasters and three Pyroblasts main deck or four and three, they're, they're gone right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that would be the big takeaway for Eternal this weekend for me. Like I, I will be careful with those things. Yeah. The, the the biggest uh, change I think that happened to Vintage is that the return of Oath of Druids, which is good against initiative. Um, the the creature of choice is Sarah's Emissary, which can name uh, creatures, and then the mono white deck just dies because 
it's, you know, it's yeah. not a legend. Yeah. So. I felt that I played like one challenge with initiative, and it was quite good. I think I went four two or whatever. But uh, yeah, one game I went like the opponent goes like landmarks oath, and I'm like. Well, I don't think I can win this game like ever. Yeah. Like, like I'll, nope. <laughs> yeah, I was playing. I was playing uh, in my list of uh, in my vintage list. I was playing Cathar Commando, and I was playing uh, Containment Priest. They obviously like they're pretty easy card to, to deal with. Yeah, but they're still good. I think Priest is uh, a very good one to play in the sideboard of uh, Initiative, like for this weekend. Like if I play initiatives with, I will try not and to, but the, I might. I think Condiment Priest is a very good answer to Oath. Oath is also like relying on Oath to sort of live with the creatures, so they don't, they're not like very rich in removal. So Priest is like Land Mox Priest can actually just end the game on the spot. And the, the list of Genara has 12 Planeswalkers. That's that's a lot of Planeswalkers. That's a lot. Yeah, I think that's too many, but I mean, who knows? He's playing with one Narset because it's restricted, two Minskimbu. Four Oko, two Dark Faden, three Ren and six. Yeah, I I think this deck is relying too much in Oath of Druids. Like, if you don't draw Oath of Druids and you don't have the many the many manipulation spells to get them, I think the Walkers. I mean, the issue with playing too many plus Walkers is if they are bad, they are almost all bad. With Miskamboo being the exception, like they just go turn one in initiative, whatever, turn one creature, and and they they just like they're just all suck. You can never play Walker because they're gonna die. The, the way initiative works, it's always a five-five, which is gonna like kill all your, your walkers on one hit, even or whatever. So, I'm not a big fan of how this deck is constructed, but I do think, regardless, like Oath is just like very good, and I'm a big, fa big fan of Renan Six and Vintage. But I think it's not that it's best now because of the basic planes being the best card in Magic in 2023. But <laughs> other than that, I think Oath is very well positioned for the weekend. Yeah, usually Oath plays black with Demonic Tutor and Vamp, but this list is just Teamer, so no Vamp or Demonic Tutor. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the in the mocks, but I expect uh, some adaptation. I, th I think in Vintage, the, the metagame has tools to adapt to Initiative, and Initiative, it looks to me like it's just going to stay there as an, another good deck in the same workshops or whatever, you know, Dredge or other Bazaar decks. It looks to me like it's fine in terms of power level, even though it might be the best deck, but if it is, it might be not also, but if it is, it's just not by a lot. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, so just a super brief uh, window on the format of the people. Alchemy? Uh, yeah, true. Thank you, Mengu. I, I'm glad well, you, 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 mentioned, brief, you mentioned that. You have that. to examine that format quite thoroughly. Yeah, Mengu, I'm glad you brought the format of the people. So this is the 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 moment. Yes, <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was actually great because I heard Mangu say I was so delighted when Mangu said, "Well, we are a competitive Magic podcast, so I guess we'll cover, you know, this niche format vintage, you know, that uh that that we'll have to talk about it because there's a big tournament coming up." And I was like, "Oh, you're gonna regret saying that in a couple of minutes. You're really gonna regret that because <laughs> you see the 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 Anthony's needles are always like they're always there present, Mangu, right? Yep. Um, yeah. the scheme is coming. Right. I'll give the I'll give the podcast uh, microphone to you, Anthony. What is the format of the people this week? What do you mean this week? It's always the format of the people. Alchemy is a format of the people. And okay, but for real though, I know people don't love it, but I think that's what makes it important for us to talk about it because it is the format of the arena qualifier this weekend, and I, I think a lot of people will want to be interested in qualifying. I mean, those those qualifiers are really good value. Like if you yeah do well enough you qualify for both the paper pro tour and an arena championship it's like two pdqs at once and uh yeah so they're well worth playing it but but the thing is people don't really know that much about alchemy because 
Okay, let's be real. Like most competitive players don't play it ever. So, but that, that that's also a lot of opportunity, right, Avia? Yeah, it's like just it's a brewer's paradise. Like I mean, I think I don't have like a super deep knowledge of alchemy. I have played a little bit, but it is just like no one does. So it's a good format to just. If you just look at the alchemy cards and you, you know you pick one you like a lot like Rusko or whatever like there's there's some cards that are just broken or they look like they're broken uh if you feel like a deck can actually be very good just go for it and build it because having a brew that's good it's gonna make your opponents like very lost when they play against it and if you fail to do so my advice is just like to pick a standard deck you play well with and just morph into alchemy because every single like standard good deck like you know mono white soldiers Greeks or whatever they all have like at least one or two pretty good cards from alchemy that actually improve the, the decks a lot and i think that's a good opportunity to try that like it's not like there's there's no, not only like no deck list, but also like there's no established meta game. Like you can just play against a few different yeah. decks in a few, in, in match in some matches. And there's every PTQ, like every tournament does alchemy. There's some people that actually kind of break it. Like I, I don't exactly remember, but last uh, last time there was like this Goblin Pathfinder, or whatever. Like there's always like yeah. a lot of space for deck building. And like you know, in a format like Legacy, or whatever, building a new deck, it happens, but it's very hard for it to be like better than playing the initiative of Delver. But here it's actually the opposite. Like if you feel like you know you're gonna be good because this card you know plays so well with this, I think it's a good opportunity and you don't need to test a lot because as long as it works and it's functional, your opponent will also have an idea about what's going on. You know, they will have like a weak sideboarding or whatever. So I think it's a very good, very, very good opportunity for deck builders there. So I recommend the experience also. It's it's actually quite strange. It's it seems really ironic because the whole idea, the whole concept of Alchemy was that it was meant to be like the format of the future where, you know, adapting to the technology of the you know of, of that we have now as opposed to what's possible in paper. But Alchemy competitively really feels like it's a throwback to, you know, decades past where everything is very low information and there's a lot more emphasis on building a good deck that people don't expect. Like, you know, it might have been the case 20 years ago or whatever, as opposed to now where there's like, people are more familiar with what the good decks are, but you just have to tune it really well. Like, you yeah, know, it's you know, funny, Greece right? Great, but you have to yeah. tune it. Yeah, but Alchemy is like, it's back to like 20 years ago. We're like, I don't know, this guy comboed this card with this guy. I didn't even know what the second one did. And I died, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. What's going yeah, sometimes on? Sometimes I play cards and you have to read them because you have an idea, you know, like the bloody card, yeah, you're so, like, wow. So it's this really is a real like, goblin? It, yeah. In a way, Alchemy is one of the most old school formats right now. So. It is actually. It is. Yeah. It is. Ironically enough, it is actually. It feels like yeah. When you went to the store and you had like there was like no that much internet or whatever. Yeah. And you will have no idea about what was going on, and you just couldn't Google it because it didn't exist. You know, like you just can. Sometimes I play Alchemy decks, and you're like, what? You know, and I think that's cool. And it's cool that we're playing like a decent tournament with that. You know, with that premise. So I think it's good. Yeah. All right. So that's that's for from other people. I recommend you know like if you have a brew, and I think it's good. Go for it. That would be my advice yeah, for, just for the look alchemy. Look at the spoilers, yeah, and pick yeah. something and run with it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, as long as you know you can ladder beat, and if it worked for you, I think that's enough to win tournaments. Because it's not like a standard where you go like, yeah, because ladder is like low level because you know the high, the good players the test and then they will be in a tournament. It's like no one like has a grasp on you know like solving the format like it doesn't happen you know everyone has their thoughts and, and i think that's good so if a brew works for you it could be just good enough to win a whole tournament i think last tournament i think it was 
Pascal, I think the last time the Alchemy qualifier or whatever, I think I think yeah, I saw I think some so. like some deck lists that were like, wow, I mean I wish I had like something like this is just like they broke it. You know, like yeah. there, there are some cards that feel like like that. So yeah, I think it's fun and go for it. And we also can go now to the Mango Mango, we're giving back the microphone to you. Yeah, you can talk about your, <laughs> okay. your circle for other people. <laughs> um yeah, so I was just um I was just browsing through the list of the format of the the true format of the people popper and there's very few mono red actually I mean I've been calling for mono red burn to be like the best format by far although you know it maybe not it maybe not be this weekend uh, didn't perform that well although personally I I went to my uh, local league on Thursday and I went 4-0 so best deck best confirmed. deck confirmed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Two for that, no. that's two for O's in one week. For me? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's undefeated, yeah. Mingo. Yeah, it's that's uh, true. That's true. So on, again, uh, I mentioned it at the beginning, but uh, on Friday I'll go to this big event in in uh, in Italy, Trieste. It's going to be a big popper event. I'll play Mono Red. Pretty excited. I think uh, the deck is excellent. Well, I have four Relic of Progenitus. That is my. That is my 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 tech for the blue black um, snake and luck deck. Gangler. yeah, serpent. Is mono red a luck deck, Mango? By the way, is mono red a luck deck? Yeah. I mean, Popper would say that uh, all the top decks right now. I guess Affinity is is, is a skilled deck. Yeah, no, yeah, mono red is a luck deck. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, okay, okay, thank you. I'm also playing a very cool uh, a very cool tech that I suggest is Mind Collapse. Do you know what it does? No. This is the one where you suck a it's mountain a, they shoot something. Exactly, exactly. It's free because you suck a mountain, you kill a Gurmag, or you pay the word cost um, and kill a Gurmag. Um, okay, 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 the removal from Modern Horizons. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's the best uh, the best option. I mean, I was thinking about Magmatic Sync old, but I think Mind Collapse is better. That's cool, that's good. But, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm very ready uh, to... Sweet. And hopefully uh, you can win a we, you can win a, a dual lands you can win like the whole top eight dual lands, so like, dual top lands eight. means like savannah scrubland and they're gonna see type of dual lands like actual dual lands yeah 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 like oh that's cool as, as, as far as i know if there's 128 players there's eight dual lands in prize i, no. I, I, don't, I don't know maybe more i, I that, haven't checked that, that's very good well. though that that's a uh, i mean that's a strong pricing Look, I Actually, can dual lands. Yeah, you said, you said uh, you said like you know the real dual lands or whatever, but you know the way we've been seeing the cards going, the way that the way the colors are changing, and how you know how things are going. Maybe at some point you'll be like, I want a Savannah. I don't want your crappy Tundra. You know exactly. Just give it, give Savannah. it a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, Tundra is Tundra is wide though, so it's still Tundra. Uh, that's you know? true. That's true. But you know, you, you know, you, yeah. you want um, the premium ones like uh, the time for Savannah what kind of is gone. It is now you know yep. plateau yep. time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah <laughs> i played uh yeah all right that's i uh, we're ready to wrap it up anything yeah. uh, more to say no i think i mean i'm gonna say like in the in the last challenge there's most plateaus that another gonna see in the top eight so you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> the time happening. is already now there's one they're gonna see in the top eight <laughs> and there's like you know four volcanic islands and four plateaus so plateau is already no there's more volcanic islands so all in the see is behind plateau <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, it has uh, it's been fun as always. We'll be back next week with more uh, competitive magic. Mm-hmm. Thank and you a trophy, for listening. Also, a trophy from Mango's house in Trieste. So we hope uh, oh, yeah? you take it down, Mango. 
That's true. That's true. I'll be battling it out this weekend. Excited. And uh, we'll report back to you next week. Thank you All for right. listening. Thanks for listening. As always, Cheers. feedback on our Twitters. And if it's bad feedback on Mingo09. And yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao.